Hello and welcome to 8Tracks Podcast, the podcast where we look at 8 tracks that share a theme. This week we're looking at video game scores, so not tracks featured in video games, part of the score. So if you don't know the drill by now, we've included a playlist in the description. We want you to follow along with each track as we say, or listen to them all before the podcast. Either way, we don't mind, just as long as you've heard the tracks, really. As always, I'm joined by Katie. Hiya. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Getting there. Good. Getting there. Good. So, are we a wee cabby at the start of this? This is a quarantine special podcast, so you are listening to us record this over Discord rather than our normal face-to-face patter. So that may be a wee that's bit why, of delay. Yeah, that's why my uh, mic quality sucks at balls. <laughs> We're so. not recording with my nice mics. Yes. <laughs> but we are. Jamie still has a professional setup. <laughs> I have macgyvered together some form of recording studio it's just two straws and a bit of sellotape like <laughs> you joke but it's mostly straws <laughs> good to know that the campbell household are safe if we ever i don't know if we can only get into drinks via very narrow passages i don't know don't know where yeah, i was going with if, that one if, that's a if you want a straw in your beverage come to the don't come during the quarantine but come to no, 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 come during the quarantine. Uh, just, just walk in as well. The doors are unlocked Don't, usually. My dad has guns. So yeah, together we run a wee zine as well uh, about video yeah. games. Uh, we do. Katie's the editor, obviously, because she's far more organised than I. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just the only one who has access to the software that allows me to, to create the zine. Thus, I decided I was the editor. Katie's in charge. <laughs> so we thought, you know, let's do a little crossover. Cartridge Dust slash 8-Tracks Podcast. Nobody saw me do, like, I did a little X with my fingers there, and I realised I was like, Cartridge Dust X, 8-Tracks. And I'm like, oh, nobody's actually seen me do that, so it just makes you look like a total fanny. Would we be calling it, I don't know, like, Cartridge Dust Sharp 8-Tracks? I don't know. That's That's a bad joke about fucking... Tokyo Mirage sessions. <laughs> Sharp accent overture. Yeah. Final Fantasy Ten Two. I don't know. So I obviously we're, we're quite into our games. So we thought, you know, let's let's merge both our worlds. The music yeah. of games this week. So Katie, you're up first. I am. I'm first this week, mm. so you all get to enjoy that. Hmm. Would you like to introduce your pick? Yeah, if only to get it out of the way because I'm really embarrassed by it. So my first pick is the Hymn of the Faith from Final Fantasy X. Nerd! Track one. One, two, three, four! That was the Hymn of the Faith, Distant Worlds version, from Final Fantasy X. So, Katie, you massive fucking ready. Why the fuck did you make us listen to a fucking choral? Okay, first of all, it's reminiscent of Gregorian chanting. Yeah. Look, I have the Wikipedia page open, Jamie. I'm just just telling you what I know. Yeah, no, so that song makes me cry. Yeah? Yeah, genuinely, absolutely love that song. Love it so much. Love it exponentially. But, like, so I don't know whether... I love that song because I love Final Fantasy X, Redneck, I know. Right. Or whether it's actually really good. Right, 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 right. I've got some takes on Final Fantasy X. I think it's one of the best. Genuinely. Same. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. It gets a lot of shit now because some of the dialogue and stuff is quite, you know, cheesy. Can I just, can I interrupt here with a ha, 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 ha? 
If that, that's a really emotional scene. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I don't know either. Sorry, that's one of the best. That's one of the best written scenes in video games. Why are we laughing? Yeah, like I, I like Final Fantasy X a lot, but I'm interested that you chose yeah. this because, mm-hmm. like, right. I knew when we were talking about doing this theme for the for eight tracks that you were going to pick something yeah. from Final Fantasy because you are a VL. But yeah, yeah, like, uh, no, yeah, for for sure, yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting you chose this. So what is it that draws you to this? So it's kind of, correct me if I'm using the wrong term here, it's a kind of like leitmotif that's used mm-hmm. throughout the game. Yeah. Um, so you heard the Distant Worlds version on the playlist. That's not the version in the game. No, there's so, like nine different, isn't there? Yes, there is. So each... I only know summon, that, sorry, I only know that because we. Uh, I saved us from listening to an eight-minute version of that. Sorry, did you mean the best version of it? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Excuse me. So each summon has their own version of the Hymn of the Faith, which is played when you go into the temple in the game. And they're all sung by different styles of singer. So, like, Veilfer's version is sung by a very young girl. Is it... Right, sorry. Just of interest, actually. This is more yeah. for me than for anyone else. Is it Veilfer or is it Valifor? I've always said Veilfer, but I'm illiterate, so, like... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I had to Google how to pronounce the composer's name before this because I didn't want to oh, yeah, we haven't, of myself. I was going to say, we haven't even fucking mentioned his name. It's Nobuo yeah, Oematsu. I, Jamie, I have written down phonetically how to pronounce his name and you stole this moment from me. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, I mean, I, I, jump in, jump I, in now. Nobuo Uematsu. There we go, that's so professional. <laughs> no, I was so scared that somebody <clears> would be like, eh, well, actually, I, I, I actually wrote down how to pronounce his name phonetically because I'm big illiterate and can't say it properly. Hmm. But yeah, so each summon has their own version of the Hymn of the Faith. My favourite is the Bahamut version. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, because Bahamut's faith. So like the little, the little. We're gonna get deep lore Final Fantasy X here. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start playing you off Oscar style when you get to run. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. So like, in order to become a summon at the temple, basically somebody has to be sacrificed, and the sacrifice for Bahamut is a little boy. Hmm. And the version of Bahamut's Hymn of the Faith is sung by a young boy. And it's really sombre and beautiful. They all lend themselves to the stories of the summons. So, like, Anima's mm-hmm. version of it is, like, really desperately mournful, which fits in with the game. I'm is... not going to spoil it, because maybe somebody's not played Final Fantasy X. Is Anima's like... the big chained one? Uh, yeah. 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 The, yeah. The fucking metal is shit Yeah, one. the really cool yes. one. Yes, Seymour's summon. Yeah, I, I have beaten this game, but it's been a wee while. Like... Oh yeah, no, it's fine. Anima's metal as hell. Mm. But yeah, it's one of my favourite songs in the entire series. Like... I listen to it all the time, and I love it. Alright, I, I like the song fine, but I don't know mm. if I get listen to it outside of the context of the game. Mm. And I feel you've let us all down, because you did promise us some bullshit butt rock metal. Choice. Yeah, no, I go back on that promise. You motherfucker. You absolute <laughs> motherfucker. I wanted to hear some fucking new metal. No, you didn't. Nobody does. <laughs> Just Jonathan Davis, like, grilling over a fucking choir. Let's get that remix done. Fucking Jonathan Davis doing, I don't know, like, Twist. 
over fucking. Like Jonathan Davis is going to come up later in this, so please stop. Is he actually? Davis. Yeah, Jonathan Davis also wrote a song. Do you know what? I'm not going to. Okay, get no, no. Either. I was going to say talk about it when it comes up because I'm going to I'm going to lose my shit, right? <laughs> yeah, at some point, Jonathan Davis will be mentioned. Take a guess when you think that is. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I think Nobuo Ematsu is a fucking genius, and a lot oh, of his music yeah. is just absolutely brilliant. And so oh. there was no doubt that there was going to be someone from Final Fantasy on here. Yeah, especially when you got like the universe's biggest VL me, Fantasy, Final Fantasy lover, 2K forever, Virgin Squad 2020, uh, <laughs> Commander in Chief, um, <laughs> Catherine Elizabeth Campbell. Okay, so shall we move on? Yes, I think that's enough of this VL ranting. Let's go to some fucking weeb ranting. Next up, <laughs> my first pick, and it's Shadow World from Persona 4 Golden. Black so that was Shadow World from the brilliant Persona 4 Golden, composed by Shoji Meguro and performed vocally by Shihoko Hirata. I had a real hard time choosing out of all the music from Persona for this. This was yes, the last sure. choice that we made. It was made literally about five minutes before we started this because I was yeah. t- torn between like nine tracks. I ended up landing on this because I think it's like the music in Persona is just so alien to, you know, folk in the West because it is this weird kind of Eastern hip hop thing going on but it's got like these absolute funky kind of like bass samples and specifically i chose something from persona 4 because there's an organ they use for the whole soundtrack of that game and it is just fucking smashing it just represents that entire game to me it's it captures the absolute theming of like the small town setting and the coming of age kind of story and just in a sonic form and it's fucking great it's a nice song to listen to it is. There's so much on that soundtrack that I could just fucking gush about, if I'm being honest. The dungeon themes. I know, themes. you did it earlier. Yeah, the dungeon themes are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it is just so different to anything you get even in other Eastern RPGs. Mm. Like, so, sorry, we've got like Final Fantasy there and Persona there. Like, those are completely different sounds. I was just about to say, like, I've, I've just finished Persona 5 and obviously the music is not the same but it's that comparison isn't it between the kind of like high fantasy that final fantasy goes for when it feels like it and the urban fantasy that persona encapsulates yeah i think it kind of represents because like the games are set in modern japan Mm. and i think it kind of like you know takes the the jrpgs which can be seen as quite classical fantasy or cyberpunk you know in your case of final fantasy 7 and keeps it modern yeah. Like, whereas I think some of the Final Fantasy games that are set in alternate, like, kind of very dystopian universes get a dystopian theme of their music. I feel Persona's music's grounded. Well, Final Fantasy's the music has always been very symphonic. Yeah, and grand. And cinematic. Yeah, like, every single Final Fantasy theme is on a massive scale. Mm. And Persona can do that. Especially some of, of the, like, the final boss music and stuff like that is just, you know, yeah. very grand, very orchestra heavy. But Persona picks and chooses when to do it. Yeah, it does. A lot of Persona 5 is wandering about modern Tokyo. A lot of Persona 4 is wandering about a small town as a teenager, bored, listening sure. to like good music. And yeah, I think Oh, it... wow, that's that's a throwback, in it? <laughs> I think it does like, a good job of like... Especially because like, in these JRPGs, you're going to be hearing a lot of these overworld kind of themes, which they do intersperse quite well. There's, there's like five or six that they'll swap out. But you're going to be hearing them probably for about 10 hours each, at least. Mm. 
and I'm not sick of any of them. And I no. like I've just beaten Persona Four. That's probably why I chose something from it. I am playing Persona Five Royal right now. But yeah, I just love those games, man. Yeah, sorry, my only like frame of reference is Persona Five. That's the only Persona game I've ever played. I've played other SMT games, but obviously they're not. Yeah, they're the they're kind of thing. different beasts. Yeah, they're the same, but in a different way. It's really weird. But at the end of Persona Five. I was not sick of any of the songs. Yeah. And I find that really, really weird because normally it gets to a point with a game where I'm like, I have to mute it and put on a podcast. Nah. Because I'm I'm gonna choke someone. Can't do that with Persona. Fucking song again. Yeah, I was so not sick of any of the songs in Persona. They're all so good. Every single Persona game manages to convey an aesthetic. Mm. And like they continue that theming very well throughout the music as well as the visuals. Five yeah. even includes it in the gameplay, which is cool because yeah, yeah Five is very, very modern and very good. Yeah. If you very aesthetic. Yeah, if you haven't played a Persona game, which you might not have, because they are a bit more obscure. Not anymore. They used not to be. Anymore. If you haven't given one a shot, though, I would highly recommend it. It's a strange beast that, like, I know it can seem a bit nerdy and a bit weebish, but like, give it a shot. It's a bit more than what it seems. I think at first. Really, Persona Five Royal was so good. Mm-hmm. I have not played a game in years where I finished it. Because I, I think I texted you the other day when I finished it. Like, I finished it at, like, 2 in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, I am completely content with the experience I've just had. Mm. That was extraordinary. It was so, so good. Yeah. And, like, having just beat Persona 4, which came out in 2010 and was a PS2 game, I can say the same for that. Yeah. And you get so attached to these characters because you do you feel do. like you're in a group of friends, which is nice, which I don't feel in every JRPG I play. Sometimes I'm just like, shut no. the fuck up. Like, for example, in Final Fantasy VII Remake, which has just come out recently, mm. I've wanted Barrett to shut his fucking mouth for that entire fucking game. I'm considering changing the dialogue to Japanese so I don't have to fucking listen to them. Uh, yeah, I've heard a few people doing that. Um, because I want to stab Barrett. Barrett? <laughs> <laughs> I want to stab Barrett and Aerith both mm. just from their voices. Their voices are doing me in. Understandable. There's a level of obnoxiousness that I just can't deal with. Mm. Or as I think actually Atlas actually nails the English voice translations every single yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, their voices are perfect for those characters. Yeah, totally. Right. Anyway, let's stop fucking wee branting. I wonder how many people have I made it this far into. Uh, I wonder like how many folk have actually made it this far in the podcast because we spent like twenty odd minutes just talking about fucking JRPGs. Next up is your second pick, Katie. Hell yeah, it is my second pick is a fucking bop. It is Beyond the Bounds from Zone of the Enders Two. Hell yeah. That was a banger. It indeed was. That fucking bass. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that song sends me. It sends me. So that was Beyond the Bounds from Zone of the Enders 2. Yes. Composed by who, Katie? Deep breath, Katie. Maki Kirioka. Hey. Yes. The whole time we were listening to that, because we listened to the songs, as I'm sure you're aware, mm. Jamie asked me, he was like, oh, who composed it? And I was like, a nice lady. <laughs> no idea, love. Um... <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad at saying <laughs> Japanese names. It's honestly not even funny. 
So, I'm heavy dyslexic. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> uh, so Zoe, Zoe is a great Wii game series. It was on oh, the PS2. Mech so fighting good. games. Fucking so good. Jamie, can I stop you there? Produced by Hideo Kojima. Can I stop you exactly there? Because what? produced by Hideo Kojima, right? The only thing <laughs> yeah. specifically for them to do in the games was to make the cockpit of the robot where the penis would be. So it is a cockpit. Cockpit. He's my hero. The man is a genius. The man's man's a fucking ready, but I love him. <laughs> yeah, no, they're super fun. You can pick up Zoe 2 on the PSN right now for like relatively cheap, and I would heartily yeah, recommend it. Like, absolute it's... buttons, and it's such a good game. Uh, that final so boss fight and fun. that is fucking exhilarating. Proper, proper Dark Souls shit as well, because it strips all your... Oh, I won't say anything anymore. Love it. Anyway, Don't say um, anymore. So yeah, musically, that was just fucking banging. It was hype as fuck. It was like the kind of shit that you don't see anymore. Like, it's the kind of stuff yeah. you'd see in, like, the intro to a fucking JRPG from ten years ago, or, like, yes. an anime opening. Like, <laughs> But, while we were listening to it, Jamie, you asked me if the lyrics were in Japanese. I was like, because that doesn't right. sound Japanese. You are correct. It's not Japanese, right? Mm -hmm. This has bothered me since the first time I heard this song. Mm -hmm. It's not in any language at all. Are they just singing noises? They scat singing. Jamie, it's in made up Finnish. Oh my god. So it's Uh just it's just nonsense words. Yes, it's in Google Translate Finnish. Was this recorded by Scatman John? Imagine no. if Scat, imagine Scatman John just fucking going to town over that backing beat. I think I'd you know be well up for that. What would Scatman John's orbital frame be called? <laughs> the Scatman. No, the fucking Scatman. Because he it'd just be like, look, it's John. <laughs> He's arrived in Scatman. Fucking Scatman showing up, just launching missiles oh. at everyone. No ears. Ski ba 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 da bo. Fucking rapid machine guns going ba da ba da ba da ba da ba da. <laughs> I can't tell you how much money I would pay to see. And can we get DLC for Zone of the Enders 2, which puts Scatman John in the Scatman orbital frame? Just replace fucking, what's his name, the main character in 2? Just Dingo the Scatman. Ding- oh, fucking hell. Uh- Dingo Egret, Jamie, is his name. Dingo Egret. <laughs> Replace him with fucking Scatman John, and every type, every line of dialogue just with ski bat 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 it will make the game exponentially better. I would love that. I would love that. Because I'll be honest, right? I hate the protagonists of both the Zone of the Enders games. They're, okay. Neither of them are good. Um, no. Like, and I want to slap them both. Not, yeah, they're not really supposed to be. I like. I, I kind of get the one in the first one a bit better because uh, he's. It's the kind of fucking Shinji from Evangelion role of like it's little boy. The same thing. He falls in a robot and all of a sudden he's got to save the world. And he doesn't like, want to. I don't want that. Yeah, it's the exact same thing that every fucking mecha anime goes through at some point. Fucking Gundam's done it like three it. times. Yeah. Every single series in Gundam as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to fight, which is fair because like I think I'd be the fucking same. If, like a military force mate getting a giant robot and kill people but you know yeah same but also you'd be in a giant robot which is pretty metal to be honest isn't it yeah yeah it's pretty metal anyway the music yeah. like it's it's got some nice swelling strings it's got some nice uses of silence for the track like an ab- that absolutely so... punctuates the fucking pacing of it it's, it's... it does and it starts off really slow and you think mm, this isn't going to be good and then it hits and then it hits for a second time yeah, within yeah. the first minute and a half of the song, and you're like, I have been thoroughly taken aback by this absolute banger. You're just like, oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, oh. 
It's like you're. Oh, at, I wasn't expecting that. It's like you're at a Vichy or something. <laughs> R.I.P. Is he dead? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he is. I think Avicii's dead. No, well, Avicii it didn't. Was tragic, regardless. Mind that time that Avicii went to a concert and did Beyond the Bounds from Zone of the Enders too. <laughs> that was a good day. So you got Scatman John on stage today. The fucking music is a, a singing. Have you ever heard Scatman John singing "Not Finished"? <laughs> Aye, was that a VJ concert, wasn't it? Tina Park. Beautiful, beautiful. Right, I think. I we think, I think we're quite finished with Zone of the Enders too. Next up, as an all-time favourite of mine, all of these are all-time favourites of mine. That I picked none of Katie's ones. They're all pish. Anyway, nice. Next up is an all-time favourite. It's Bob's Pizza from Shenmue. I fucking knew it. Track four. So that was Bob's Pizza from Shenmue, composed by Takenobu Mitsuyoshi, also famous for doing Daytona, <laughs> which just as easily could have been on this list, but. Bob's Pizza means a wee bit more to me, so I, I picked that because it's from the mighty Shenmue. And Love it, it. Yeah, uh, that piece of music I think is about 32 bars, yeah. maybe max. Um, and it's so you simple. I mean, like, oh, this is Patter Theft from a very old Bitsocket episode, but imagine fucking working in that pizzeria and that is looping every 30 seconds. <laughs> I could. I don't know if you can suffocate yourself with pizza dough. But I, would, I would be the first one to try it. I would be absolutely fucking fine for that entire two minutes. Everyone at home, I was cutting some fucking shapes, and every time he said Bob Uzu's pizza, I fucking I was screaming along. That song. He uh, was. That song yeah, is so so fucking good. What do you think, Katie? Yes, good. <laughs> Is that, is that your contribution? <laughs> As usual, really thank you very much, right. Katie. <laughs> right, I'll see myself out. It's been real. Thanks, lads. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's very happy. It's a very happy piece of music. It's another one of these that's from like an absolute bygone era of game composing. And yeah, it really I, is. there's a distinct, like, I think it happens with all that lad's music. It's just like a distinct sound that I associate with Sega. And the, yeah. obviously Dreamcast, really. And that's it. Yes, it is. It, like it's a big Dreamcast piece. Of, like, I've been playing because I'm furloughed right now, and I've got nothing to do, and um, I'm constantly trying to ward off depression. I'm playing a lot of the old Dreamcast right now. It's great. A lot of the old love it, love everything about it. Best console, two K forever. But it sounds like a piece of Dreamcast music. I don't know whether it's because it was on Dreamcast. About... Yeah. No, I know. What I was going to ask. Actually, thank you very much. I'm not that stupid. But I was going to ask, do you know if there was like a specific sound chip in the in the Dreamcast? I'm or not something? sure. I'm not sure because well, I think it just played CDs, so like it was. It did, yeah. So I'm not sure, uh, but it has this. For some reason, that kind of music or that specific quality of music mm. is coated in this layer of nostalgia that I can't escape from. Because yeah. I played Shenmue for the first time when I was must have been about like seven or eight, right. and I was up north at my auntie and uncles and my cousin had a dreamcast and all i would do was like i had no idea they objected to the main game i knew somebody killed your dad and there was a cat but they had capsule machines where you could collect little toys so i was going to say that so i would just sit and collect the capsule toys and then i would go into the pizza shop and listen to that fucking song because that song is dynamite and it's i don't know if it's like 
in the recording quality or the synthesized instruments, the strings are just like so fucking perfect. It's got such a good little flow to it. Yeah. Like I know you were saying like, oh, does it ever end? But I feel like I don't fucking want it to because it's just looping that, that so fucking well. Yeah. It's just so much fun. And the pure like Bob Uzu's pizza, like instead of Bob's pizza, I just yeah. I, I really fucking enjoy it. It just adds to the track. I love like Japanese like music including yeah, English the, the, lyrics. The, yeah, the way that English is included in Japanese songs. Yeah. Or like it's yeah. I love that. Love that so much. A shout out to Bitsocket for using it for one of their uh, very good and what's his name? Jimmy Shand bits. Oh where they, Jimmy Shand. You should go listen to that episode where they've just changed it yeah. to like it's just Kaylee music and he just goes, Mommy's pizza <laughs> over the top. I was fucking screaming. Sometimes sometimes I just listen to Jimmy Shand's version of Snake Eater. Snake Eater. I'm still in the dream. Snake Eater. Snake like I, I have beef with Jimmy Shand, right? Hmm. I know he's dead, but we've got beef, right? Hmm. Because every Friday night of my life throughout my childhood, I was forced to listen to the Kaylee music on BBC Scotland with my father, <laughs> while he hooked and chewed while he was supposed to be driving. Yeah. But Jimmy Shand and his eight-bit band doing Snake Eater. Hmm. Sorry, I think it'll find it's Love Jimmy it. Shand and his video game band. Sorry, uh, my apologies. Although eight-bit bands are probably a better name. Uh, you, Joe, <laughs> Scott, you, you are welcome to use that. Uh, just hit Jimmy, me up. In the immortal words of every Twitter user, I, I hope he sees this, babe. OC, do not steal. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like I think that all the music from Shenmue, like it all has this like quality to it, and that era specifically has this thing that just draws me into it. Like you could yeah. take something from Rival Schools, which you know is Capcom, um, obviously yes. not just Sega, and it's still the same kind of this weird. Like think of like the Symphony of the Night music as well, mm. like Konami, and it's all this similar level of synthesized instruments that just sounds so fucking wonderful. I, I just. You know, it's funny you say that because one of my picks was actually, like, I was really swithering between my last pick and picking the Me Channel music from the... Oh, movie. that's so good as well. But it's it's the synthesised piano in that. I think for uh, I think I would have picked the Shopping Channel music, if I'm being honest, over the top. Um, have you... <laughs> have you heard that incredible remix that someone did online where they put Hotline Bling over that? Yeah, I love Fucking it. Fucking genius. Absolutely. Genius. Every single version of these songs on Spotify though has like an absolute Skrillex like dog on See, it. See, right. I can't even stand like chiptune bands. They're not mm -hmm. for me in the slightest. No. But when it's good music written for a game that just happens to use synthesized instruments. Love that. Fantastic. Love that. Absolutely fucking brilliant. Also, mm -hmm. uh, we did mention Snakey earlier, and to the surprise of Kami specifically, no Metal Gear music in this one. Sorry, lads. Very felt... inside baseball there to just see Kami. I uh, no, Kami. My good friend <laughs> Kami got very annoyed at me for not including Sneak Eater, just because I he knows how obsessed I am with Metal Gear. But you know, felt a bit obvious, so decided not to. <laughs> so silly, so fuck you, Kami. Uh... <laughs> right, I think we've I think we've thoroughly rinsed uh, Bob's Bo pizza. Bob's pizza, yeah. Right, Katie, yes. do you want to introduce your next pick? I would love to. My next pick is Domino's Office from Grim Fandango. 
That was Domino's Office from Grim Fandango. Composed by? That's a great question. Let me just open up <laughs> my uh, favorite resource, Wikipedia. It's almost to... like we should be, you know, planning little bits of this podcast. Just, just the basic facts. It's almost like you're looking, you're looking at my screen share right now, and you can see I have pages open with all the composers' names. Jamie, I have the same one. It's just that the Wikipedia page for the music of Grim Fandango is extremely long. It doesn't matter that his name's on the first line. The guy's called Peter <laughs> McConnell. It's actually on the YouTube video as well. Uh, <laughs> it's so that I managed to miss it. I'm sorry. It's all right. Do you want to keep this in or do you want to... <laughs> Yeah, keep it in. I'm in a state of perpetual anxiety. Let the people know. <laughs> I really dug that. Like, I've I've not actually got like I played a little bit of Film Grand Angle, but like, I there's something about old uh, point and click adventure games that I struggle with. But I did yeah. dig what I played, and it you know it captures that noir aesthetic very well. So I picked Domino's Office because it's my favorite song on the soundtrack. Mm. The thing is, I don't believe it's a very good representation of the soundtrack as a whole. No, I mean it has other different stuff going on. Sure. So you get the aesthetic of Grand Fandango, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a noir mixed with kind of Mexicana. Yeah, absolutely. Dia, so it's like, Dia de los it's Muertos. like a film noir and Day of the Dead kind of, you know, crossover yeah. episode. So the, the soundtrack has got like elements of like jazz, swing, big band stuff, like traditional Baseline. South American instrumentation. Baseline um, that would make Angelo Badalamenti blush. You said it here first. <laughs> you said it. You can, yeah. I was thinking it, but you said. It. <laughs> <laughs> like there was two things that were in my head during that, and one was <laughs> Diane. I'm going to the town of Twin Peaks. Um, <laughs> and the other was the my favorite line ever uttered in a noir film. I couldn't get the dame off my mind, so I went bowling. <laughs> Which is the height of ridiculousness. Why would you want to go bowling to get a girl off your mind? I can't stop thinking of girls when I bowl. Maybe that's a problem on my part. We go bowling with my granny. Are you thinking about girls? I'm thinking about your granny. That's nice. My granny's nice. She's a nice lady. Yeah. A lot of fun. So this part of the theme, Katie, where did it come from in the game? Thanks, Jamie. I'm really glad that you asked. It's played really early on in the game when you, as Manny, uh, are the main character, are breaking into your rival domino hurley's office hence domino yes domino's office see it's not just about a pizza place no it's not you're not like because if you google domino's office the first thing that comes up is domino's head office it's, it's a good place you should just phone them and play that down the phone the, like, guys you, guys have got you a, a theme for your office i was gonna say do you think that could be their own hold music oh god no they'd have to give peter mcconnell money and <laughs> i don't <laughs> want to do that, that. or amore no, fucking, have you ever phoned when one of these? Sure is. Have I ever phoned what, sorry? Like one of these fucking helplines. It's probably like a, a loop of a minute and a half of three Adele songs. Do you know what my favourite thing? So I get my insurance through Aviva, mm. and my favourite thing about phoning Aviva, which I do once a year to ask them if they really are offering me that goddamn price for my insurance, mm. is that when you phone them, you can pick one of four genres of music to listen to while you're on hold. Nice. Do you check? And it's. What are the options? I always, like, I don't know, but I always end up 
so the options always play the songs like they play a playlist mm. and i think the one that i pick always plays hey yeah by outcast first <laughs> so <laughs> i always am just sitting like hey yeah like they'll cut in and be like hello aviva and <laughs> i am singing to the aviva agent hey yeah which they must get all the time yeah but i always feel embarrassed <laughs> understandably <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. not exactly a musical prodigy but anyway yeah grim fandango um yes good game um Great from what game. i played beautiful soundtrack one of the if i if i remember correctly it's one of the first properly orchestrated soundtracks in games it was really really ahead of its time to have like this big band soundtrack hmm in the game. I mean, it's like, um, because of the noir setting, it is kind of imitating the 1930s and 20s as well, and that, you know, absolutely. big band sound fits that. It does, but they've also perfectly, you know, incorporated aspects of South American and Mexican culture mm. into it with the instrumentation and even in the main theme, in the game's, like, intro theme, it is, it is a big band song or a kind of bebop song, and mm. They managed to slide castanets and things into it without nice, you really nice. noticing they're there. Yeah, I, I love the soundtrack. I've just found out it's available on vinyl and I'm probably going to rook myself buying it. Excellent. So yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, Let's move on. Speaking of owning a soundtrack on vinyl, this comes from a soundtrack huh. I own on vinyl and it is Stage 2 from Gunstar Heroes. <laughs> That fucking bop was stage two from Gunstar Heroes. What a fucking <laughs> good hype track. I hate it's the word hype. It's a pretty hype. good song. I hate the word hype. Sorry, I just got myself it's using okay, it. Okay, I feel like an old it. man just being like, that song was lit. This this entire section is fire. How do you do, fellow kid? <laughs> I know, I've never felt more like Steve Buscemi. I fucking love that game. Uh, yeah. I think the first time I ever played it I was like four year old and this is one of the first instances where I was really into a song from a game Right. me and my dad used to sit and play this on the old Mega Drive and okay. I could, like, this is obviously quite early on stage 2 I couldn't get much further than this because you know obviously a child but this song it takes place in a level where you're in a minecart going hmm. down a big tunnel and like I think the song kind of represents that quite well with like the descending sequences at the start I was about to say, the song either feels like you hurtling downhill or bullets raining. I mean, it's it's a mixture of both in the level. It's, it's like, you know, the way that sound travels through wind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. the way it sounds to me. It's a game made by Treasure. It was composed by Norio Hanzawa, and it fits the stage so perfectly. It's my favourite level of the game. You are on a minecart, you're chasing after different enemies on minecarts and, and blowing up trains. As you right. jump from the roof, there's also tracks on the roof and the ceiling, so there's like a whole kind of thing of like jumping like vertically and that, and then that switches to like the tracks being on the screen either side of the screen and you like falling down. It's just such a wild stage. All the music yeah. in Gunstar Heroes is fantastic. It's the kind of thing like you know a lot of games in the eight bit sixteen bit era had to really engage listeners by making songs that would get you pumped to play through the level, especially action games. You see that in a lot in the kind of Mega Man scores as well mm. and i think gunstar heroes is some of the best right the fucking bass in that song and then like 
oh, I love the way the instruments sound as well. There's yeah. there's something about the Mega Drive sound chip, right? I I have both a SNES and a Mega Drive, and I know a lot of people think the SNES sound chip's way better, and it is for mm-hmm. some things. But I think the Mega Drive sound uh, chip just gives you this boost and this bass that really sends some tracks into the next dimension. Sure. Like I couldn't imagine that sounding as good on a SNES sound chip. I think it would sound the samples would sound a lot weaker. Right. Yeah. You see, I I don't have this frame of reference because I wasn't allowed to play video games as a child because my parents, as I think I've said before, were afraid I would grow up to be fat and lazy. And <laughs> look at me now. <laughs> Take a look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I I didn't have a, a NES or a SNES or anything like that. Um, my first games console was a PS One. My first was a Mega Drive. Um, nice. which I think my dad and mum got for themselves if I'm being honest and used me <laughs> as an excuse to get it because they both yeah. worked in children's homes and had played Sonic and Mario and stuff and they were like, now games are fucking dino so yeah, I had a Mega Drive with about five games, this being on a compilation with Altered Beast Flicky and Alex Kidd mm-hmm. which was fucking a hell of a fucking four pack for, uh, <laughs> for a game yeah, and then like I, I, I borrowed a SNES off my dad's friends and never gave it back. So that's just that's how people got games when we were young, though. That's how I got Final Fantasy VII. I I have to apologise to Gordon and Anne uh, if you were listening. I still have your SNES; it's still in mint condition because I'm not going to damage that stuff. But I I find that the Mega Drive has a punchier sound chip. Like right. if if you want to make something sound really aggressive. And really bassy, and it has this like really nice crunch to it. It's like synthesized bass. Sure. That yeah, really kind of gives tracks a kick up the arse. Whereas right, right. the SNES sound chip is very crisp and very clear. Mm. Mega Drive games run the risk of sounding muddy, and if you hear like soundtracks that are composed for both games, like I think mm-hmm. it depends on the game, but like you can tell when a game that's come out in both has been written for a Mega Drive or has been written for the SNES. Right. Sure. Because sure. the samples will sound weak on the SNES, or it'll sound muddy on the Mega Drive, depending on right. what one it's been written for. Forgive my ignorance, but does it not lend itself more to the style of games that were on the Mega Drive? Yeah, that I mean that. Chip? Sorry. No, you... no, sorry. I mispronounced the word chip. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> Ship. I think it was all part of Sega's branding image and that whole blast processing thing, which they just made up. I love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it does like all their all the soundtracks to a lot of their Mega Drive games do have this fucking arse kicking feel to it, like Rocket Knight Adventures and Sparkster as well. And I the Mortal Kombat soundtrack I think sounds better on the Mega Drive. I know. There's... I was gonna say that, but like I I don't have a horse in this race. Like obviously some of the SNES soundtracks, you know, they have their merits too. Like I don't have a preference between either one. I think just for certain games it works better. Yeah. Like I think uh, Metroid would sound like shit on a Mega Drive. Super right, Metroid, right. and you know, Final Fantasy VI wouldn't work on it either. Mm. But if a game's written for that sound set, which a lot of the way the first party Sega games were, or you know, the ones you know, second party, like like Treasures, Gunstar Heroes, mm. or you know, exclusives for the Mega Drive, were written for that system, it really you know took it to another level. When we're talking about Bob's Pizza, that kind of Sega sound from the early two thousands, the Dreamcast mm. sound, this is the sixteen bit sound for me. Sure, right. This is the Mega Drive era sound, the early 90s. Mm. And also, just, just as a side note, that level ends on one of the best bosses I've ever played in a game. It has seven forms 
and it's a transforming <laughs> mech. It's fucking radical. It's it's just it's like five forms too many to be quite honest with. No, you. no, they're fucking dino. It has like a form that just it's, it's a big mech. It just turns into a big gun and shoots at you in one of them. Uh, one's like a dug that has missiles that shoot out its tail. It turns into a big crab which spins and hits the walls that you have to dodge from. Beautiful. It's it's really really good. It's called Seven Force. It makes me throw up the horns. It does. I think that's enough of me ranting. Are you are you quite finished? Have you got anything to say about it? I know I took over. It's good. There. It's good. Katie stamp of approval. <laughs> it's good. It's not even it's good. It's it's good. It's good. <laughs> It's good. It's good. Right, Katie. Yes. It's time for what? your last pick. My last pick is Silent Hill from Silent Hill. So that was Silent Hill from the game Silent Hill from the album Silent Hill. From the place Silent Hill. On the Silent Hill OST? Yes. Did you know Silent Hill is based in Silent Hill? I had heard that. You're welcome. This is a shit okay. joke. This is a really shit joke. <laughs> it's a really bad joke. However, the reason we were talking about Jonathan Davis earlier... Our daddy for corn. I told you to shut up. Is because... Cast your mind back. Readers of Cartridge Dust will not have to cast their minds back so far. No. Because Silent Hill is also a song by Jonathan Davis on Silent Hill Downpour. Yes. It's not very good. And it fucking sucks. Imagine like that, but with just a man going like... (laughs) Over the top of it for a little while. You need some record scratches. Yeah. Some... It's some fucking funky bass and just him going yeah. like, I'm in silent here. <laughs> Wait, I don't know about you. I have like a small level of appreciation for Jonathan Davis because like he has it a bit hard sometimes. Like, right. I I, I kind of enjoy a little bit of corn. It's, it's a shame as I am to admit of that. Like, I don't mind. If you put Freak on a leash on, I'm not going to ask you to turn it off. Yeah, no, but I quite enjoy the bad corn, like, twist. Or, like, uh, fucking blind. Which, like, you know, a lot of people like. And, you know, there's yeah. nothing wrong with liking it, but I can't get past fucking Jonathan Davis in a fucking Adidas kilt. <laughs> groping a microphone designed by Geiger as a fucking creep, man. Fucking yeah. the, uh, like we just like I like that we started that segment of being like Jonathan Davis gets it a bit hard and then was like he's a fucking creep. That microphone stand is very creepy. Anyway, let's get back to Silent Hill. Silent by Hill. Kira Yamaoka. Yes, from the game Silent Hill. Uh, Silent Hill. A fucking absolute belter How of a game. How good is that? Right. Okay. So I have never played Silent Hill. I'm too scared. Um, I got Silent Hill on the PS1 in a charity shop in Kirkintillich for £2 uh, for a couple of years ago <laughs> Fucking, yep. and I've never been so delighted apart from yep. the, I think I got a Bushido Blade for a pound in one as well but like yeah. it was one of my best finds ever and honestly that game is fucking incredible the soundtrack is amazing the soundtrack is next level like Akira Yamilka is very inspired by industrial and you can tell by totally. shoegaze as well with later stuff because like there's there was big my bloody valentine vibes in a lot absolutely of there's a track in three which would have been the one i would have picked for this if i was picking yeah. something from silent hill which is so my bloody valentine that i fucking love it 
But then at the same time, he also has a lot of like Angelo Badlamenti. Yeah, you, yeah, it's like you can hear like inspirations from all these things that we love. Fucking Daddy Tront. Yes. Big Daddy An- Tront. Daddy Tront. Big Angelo. Fucking <laughs> that My Body Valentine Supreme collab, which is going so well. Um, I love that. Yeah, I think I it's lo- I, I think it's really I good. See if that T-shirt and it's got like I think it's the Loveless album. Yeah, it's, it's his Loveless. Track thing around the bottom of the. Oh yeah, it's it's so cool. But I'm, uh, I like... love that, and everyone's like, "That's disgusting. It won't sell on for good value." Yeah, it's like it's it, it's a T-shirt, so <laughs> wear the T-shirt. Why the fuck? Why the fuck are you like selling on T-shirts? I don't I don't understand. I, I don't understand these people who collect Supreme anyway. Right. Moving swiftly on. I'm sorry, sorry. Just, just just one last thing is: is it not like triple figures for it though? Oh, probably. Like I, I, hundred, hundred fifty quid. It's really nice. It's really, really nice, I and I really it. want that the loveless t-shirt with the Dracula thing Same. on it. It's Same. really nice. I want one of the hoodies as well, but you know. the hoodies are lovely regardless. Anyway, Silent Hill. Yeah, right. So I'm too scared to play it because I'm a big fierty. Hmm. You like, are a notorious shite bag. I am such a shite bag. Like, I am, though. I am so scared when it comes to games. We're playing through Resident Evil right now, which is a game I actually can't play on my own. I can't play horror games at all. I had a really bad experience with Fatal Frame when I was a very young woman. <laughs> scared the shit out of yourself. <laughs> it scared the living shit out of me. It wasn't even the full game, Jamie. It was demo. Right. I actually have an experience similar with Silent Hill 2 when really? I was... Uh, I think I was eight the first time I tried to play Silent Hill 2. Scared uh-huh. myself. I think it was me and the aforementioned Cami. Uh-huh. Tried to play it. And scared herself fucking shitless. We got to the bit where like, you're just starting a bit of town and you just find a note that says, run, 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 written over several pages in blood. And I, um, I think I turned the PS2 off. <laughs> I just was like, nope. That's enough like, for me. I can't play it. It's too scary. It's too spooky. But I love the music. The music's incredible. The writing's incredible. I the theming's incredible. Um, the music. I think the first three Silent Hill games are all fantastic. Yeah. I haven't played The Room. Um, I do have The Room sitting there. I do want to get around to it at some point. Although we are thinking of streaming for Cartridge Dust. So if there's an interest, let us know. There's not going to be any interest, but we'll do it anyway because we're narcissists. No, fuck it. I like the sound of my own voice, as you can <laughs> very much tell. We both do. Yeah, we both like the sound of my voice. That's right. I do like the sound of your voice. What are you getting at? Thank you very much. It's always nice to meet a fan. <laughs> yeah, no, I think like even from like the tremolo picking like on the in- mm. intro to the guitar, which actually I, I, I it really forebodes like the dread really well little offshoot story it's not actually about Silent Hill of course because of course we can't stay on topic here well I was working as a journalist for a press agency for a bit and I was there when they were filming bits of Trainspotting 2 and they were filming uh, at that point a reshoot of the scene where they rob a shop on Princess Street and sprint down and there was a lady outside with a fucking mandolin imitating that exact fucking sound from the start of Silent Hill that's beautiful they cut that from the full film so I don't know why maybe somebody was just like here Danny mate have you paid Akira Yamaoka because you're clearly choring his fucking ideas? <laughs> yeah, we fucking cunt. Uh, <laughs> a bit harsh on Danny Boyle there. Um, harsh there, Jamie. But, yeah, I think it just works for an opening. You know, it really, really gets you into what you should expect for uh-huh. Silent Hill. And the rest of the like soundtrack is industrial-inspired, you know, banging like percussive objects together, like 
almost Trent Reznor with the fucking tech. With so... his um, bicycle chains <laughs> on his baking tray in yeah. the chair. Did you know that when when Akira Yamaoka played the soundtrack to the members of staff who were working on Silent Hill, they were like, oh, is it bugged? Because there's all these weird noises in it. Uh, and he's like, nah, man, that's where I was hitting a bicycle chain off a baking tray. I accidentally layered the track when I was steaming when I came in last night in the kitchen. and like... <laughs> <laughs> Just rattling about in the cut- cutlery <laughs> trying to find the scissors. It's like, do you know this? This does sound, but get my recorder. Aye, uh, no, the Silent Hill soundtrack is just one of these ones that, think whether you're into the games or not, you should just go listen to because it's just yeah. fucking good shit. I don't have a particular emotional connection to the games mm. because I can't play them because I am a shite bag, as we have thoroughly established. Mm. But I do, I think the music is unbelievable. It's so good. It's so so good. Aye. And it draws from all these places of inspiration that I also really, like, I have reverence for. Mm. And I really, really enjoy listening to it. Nice. Right, final track for this oh, week. The last one. I couldn't not. It is Bakamatai from the Yakuza series. <laughs> So that was Bakemitai from the Yakuza series. I say series because it's been in fucking like nine of the games, but I've <laughs> never been sick of it the entire time. It was composed by Mitsuhara Fukuyama. It appears in Yakuza as part of the karaoke minigame. All the songs in that are fantastic, but unquestionably, Bakemitai is the tippity top best one. So good. I think it roughly translates to how foolish. It, sadly, the recorded versions that are well you know available on youtube uh, do not have the start in which every single time no matter what character you're playing as they go i sing for you just as the song kicks in <laughs> it's fucking great that was uh, a wee bit too erotic <laughs> sorry i don't mean to don't mean to spice things up in the last <laughs> bit of the podcast yeah so that was specifically the version sung by the voice actor of kazuma kiryu the protagonist of mm. most of the Yakuza games. There are other versions, obviously, by different playable characters. Yeah, if you've not played a Yakuza game, why not? They're, they're mm. great. It's very violent crime games where you punch fuck at things, but you go into a karaoke bar and suddenly... You, you never murder. You never murder. Well, actually, sometimes you do. You go into... Depends on who you're playing as. Let's not get bogged down the details. You go into a karaoke bar and you start this karaoke minigame, and you're like, oh, this is kind of fun, you know, there's other minigames like pool and golf and stuff, and some arcade games, you're thinking, ah, oh, it's just going to be this little kind of rhythm action quick time thing. Then it transforms into a full music video, depending on what song you're playing. Love it. It's, there's something about it that's so silly, but so sincere, that just makes it, uh, especially with Back in the Tie, <laughs> which the always... Of, of minigames like that in games, though. It makes the Yakuza series. Like, the Yakuza it, series, like, yeah. core gameplay is so much fun, but it's all the side stuff. Like, they yeah. nail, like, little stories that happen off the beaten path and little things you can do in those games. Yeah, back in the time, there's always a video of him sitting, sadly, at a bar, staring at a photo. And I think my favourite one, I don't know if it's Kazma doing it in this one, it's one of the characters is just staring at a picture of a Shiba dog. <laughs> like, and, like, you know, mournfully caressing the photo. <laughs> I was like, that's the silliest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's beautiful. Katie, what do you what do you have to say about back in my time? I have just I just said it's beautiful. 
Because I'm fucking ranting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I feel like this is really your time. I mean, like, Back I, in me tie is like it, it's like your anthem. It's it's such a good song, and like Love I, it. I, I Love I'm fingerly sure it was written for you because I could be completely off on this, and it could be a traditional Japanese karaoke song. Because if it's written for you, because that's definitely what it's designed to emulate. But right. if it's not, then it's probably a traditional song. Mm. I can't find the confirmation of that anywhere. I did go looking for that, but like the strings. The you know harmonica, you know, mournfully playing. Uh, Sorry, you're missing song. out the best bit, which is just when he randomly goes, "I love you." I love it's again that use of English and Japanese music. Just love oh, it. fucking love it. And like one of the Yakuza games, there, draw me in. I am an English speaker. I think Bring this. Me in. I think this maybe started. It first came about in Yakuza Zero, which was set in the eighties. So this kind of makes sense for karaoke of that period. Like it is very kind of. 80s, 70s Japanese pop sounding. Yeah, sure. With all the strings and the kind of jazzy weirdness to it as well. I just love it. Like, you only in the games get about a minute and 45 of that song that you just heard. But that second verse, you know, just as good. <sighs> really, yeah, really enjoy it. How foolish. How foolish. Have we just evolved into singing back in my time? Oh man. I mean, when am I not constantly thinking it- of back in my time? It's an extremely valid question because you are constantly singing back in Matai. It's, it's just so good. If I, I, you do, you my, do love it. My sincerest hope is if we go to Japan and do karaoke that one of the machines has it because I can almost do it phonetically. Because like, like, I don't, I don't I have know. a fucking clue what the fuck he's singing. No, of course not. My Japanese is very basic, but like... Your Japanese is considerably better than mine. I can only speak bad English, okay? So let's just, you know, lay that down there. We will do that. I will make sure that you get to live your dream of singing Baka Mitai. In front of of a room full of Japanese people. (laughs) In front of a room of Japanese businessmen, four beers deep, I will make sure that you get your dream. Just buy the fucking porty up there. Unit Yaldi to Baka Mitai. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And they'll be like, who is that? And I'll be like, that's my boyfriend. He is the son of Kazuma Kiryu. Yes. <laughs> he has Kazuma within his own heart. I think what I'm about to say hits out for every single game that we've taken mm. music from, but we heartily recommend every single one of these. Absolutely. To, to go and give it a shot. And I think we've given like a good mix of modern and traditional retro. So if you're not as into the games, which you know I'm sure you actually are, and you guys have played most of these, hopefully we've given you like a little reminder of tracks you know, you love, or yeah, go or something. All ten versions of the Ham of the Face, <laughs> or something to go, you know, check out if you haven't played some of these. Maybe you only know six versions of the Ham of the Face. Time to find out about the other four. I mean, I've only heard eight, but I have no desire to hear the last one. <laughs> I don't even know if there's ten. By the way, I can't count. So thank you very much for listening to Eight Tracks. That's this week's thank episode, you. our quarantine special. Woo. Yay. Um, we're gonna see how it goes. If this sounds all right, uh, we'll maybe get some more recorded. Then uh, depending on, on how, lockdown. Man, how long this goddamn lockdown goes on for. Yeah, like we haven't seen each other for quite a wee while, so yeah. It could be a month. We just don't know. It's it's more than a month. It's definitely more than a month. So time time is meaningless and it fleeting. Feels like a decade, if I'm being honest. Um, I want to die. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody does. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> the next topic we're doing is nostalgia.mp3 so all of your choices 
are going to be that famous LimeWire MP3 of Bill Clinton <laughs> saying that he did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> I think it's... That woman being Monica Lewinsky. Like, say her name. It's going to be a specific version of uh, that golden rule by Biffy Clyro that has the Christian O'Connell breakfast show intro. Are you sure it wasn't Zane Lowe? No, no. Oh, sorry. That Yeah, that was the Zane Lowe one. Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, let's, uh, let's put a call out. Did anyone else have that version of uh, that golden rule by Biffy Clyro off of uh, LimeWire that had the Zane Lowe intro where he hypes it up and it's fucking great? Yeah. Hottest track in the world right now. Bra bra. And, it and it's in. like completely flat because it's been recorded off the radio. Yeah. There's no nuances in the sound because it's flat. <laughs> fucking Limar. Anyway, yeah. So, any tracks that make us nostalgic. Now's the time to look back at things, I guess. And yeah, yeah that might be quite fun. Tracks that make us happy and stories we've got associated with them. So, let us know your video game picks in the comments. Uh, let us know on Twitter what your next kind of, you know, nostalgic picks are going to be, if you fancy it. If not, fair play. That's fine. It's okay. We understand. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Back in the time. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Yeah, stay safe, folks.